welcome home. I'm so glad you're here this Sunday after Christmas. The Christmas season is a special time of celebration as we remember the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we are going to be talking about how Jesus moved into our neighborhood. And if you have any questions, want to get involved, or let us know that you're here, please just text HelloCore to 474747 and we will get in touch with you. And if this is helpful to you, please consider clicking the like and subscribe buttons and ring the bell for notifications. We are a church that seeks to transform lives with the resurrected power of Jesus. And there are a lot of great things happening, but we'll come back to them at the end. Right now, let's gather together for a time of praise and worship.
Merry Christmas! Welcome to Church at Home for this first week of the Christmas season. In our home we celebrate the 12 days of Christmas, so the tree is still up, the cookies are still being eaten, and we find something fun or meaningful to do every day with the children. Even though they're big huge teenagers, we still like to have fun with them on the 12 days of Christmas. I hope you're still finding joy in this season as a brief respite from the craziness of this world. My hope is that this next 30 minutes will provide you with a small bit of hope and peace Prepare your heart to receive it. As I always say, set down the things that beep, chirp, or buzz at you. Take a deep breath and release the stress and craziness you've been holding in. Gather friends or family around you or contact someone over the phone and watch with them. Let the words, music, and prayers encourage and strengthen your soul as we have church at home together. We begin with the words Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Many Christian services have a time for reciting a creed. A creed is a compilation of the beliefs of a group. As Christians, one of our creeds is called the Apostles' Creed. Please join me in saying this statement of belief. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us, especially if this is your first time. Shoot us a text to 474747 with the word Hello Core to let us know you're here. When you do that, a form will come to you with a place for you to ask questions. If there are any words you don't understand, any questions about the ideas you hear, please write them and send them to us. We would love to find time to talk more deeply about what you hear. Today, we're going to listen to Greg share about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Listen with me. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Or, as one of my favorite translations says, The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. In each of the other Gospels, the nativity scenes are amazing. You see cute angels, cuddly sheep, pastoral shepherds. 
But this passage in John shoots right to the point. It introduces us to Jesus' crazy claim to be the word of God, sent from God, a word to a world that isn't ready. Why so stark? Why so pointed and filled with theological ideas? Because we live in an empty, captive, lost world that is increasingly desperate. Perhaps you don't feel that desperate, but during Advent, when we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, why are those words so touching? Could it be that we feel captive? Somewhere deep where we hide our true feelings beyond the facade, there's some brokenness that's hard to admit. Do you feel empty, captive, lost? Corey Tinboom, a Holocaust survivor, speaking to a large group of people, reminds us often that Sundays can be an academic exercise where we stuff our heads with knowledge and leave no real change opportunities. She says, if Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The world became flesh and the word began moving everything including into our darkness. The text in John 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. God began everything, and that is an incredible claim. John is starting out by taking us back to the beginning, the beginning of the cosmos, the very start. And at that very start, what you find is nothing other than God himself and Jesus, along with him, the very word of God. Jesus, you see, is the uncreated creator. Out of everything that exists in all the universe, there are only two categories, things that are created and things that are uncreated. All other religions claim that God is uncreated. All religions, Christianity as well. But Christianity is a little different. Christianity claims that Jesus was uncreated too. Now, this is an incredible claim. Mormons, Muslims, Hindus, they all dispute this. In fact, some are even offended by it. A Muslim man in London rose to politely, politely explain to John Dickinson, a university pastor I'm sorry, in Australia, in Sydney, He said, how preposterous, this Muslim man arguing with John Dickinson, how preposterous is the claim that the creator of the universe universe, should be subjected to the forces of his own creation, that he would have to eat, sleep, and go to the toilet, let alone die on a cross. The man continued arguing politely but logically that God, the cause of all causes, could have pain inflicted on him by any lesser beings. Well, he's right. It is offensive. It makes us question why. Isn't God big enough to fill the pain to deal with my life? Dickinson, responding back, ended the conversation thanking the man for making the Christian claim so clear. He said, What the Muslim denounces as blasphemy, the Christian holds precious. God has wounds. You see, the word became flesh and moved into my neighborhood so that he could be wounded for me. Verse 4 says this, In him, the word, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Yes, Jesus is the uncreated creator of paradise, but paradise was lost. We live east of Eden, outside of paradise, but God won't leave us there. He came at just the right time. And simply being in the dark doesn't ever stop the light. The light shines. The word became flesh and moved in. But to some, he was an unwelcome guest. The text continues and it says this, He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The word stepped off the pages of history and prophecy, but most people didn't get it. The world didn't recognize. They were too busy to see what God was doing. His own did not receive him. The, the Jews is who he's talking about there. And he's saying they made a big deal about the only ones with the only right understanding of the Messiah's entrance into the world. And John is saying, but their hearts were hard. They didn't want him. Most people are either religious or rebellious. If you're rebellious, you just reject God. No thanks, I'm too busy, too intellectual, too whatever it may be. But religious people do something different. They just reject their need for God. They're good people. Everyone else needs a savior. I'm good on my own. Verse 12 says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, the good news here is that some do receive and some become the children of God. This is a supernatural gift. In the book of Galatians, it reminds us that you are no longer a slave, but you're a son. And if you're a son, then you're an heir. Sons, not slaves. Heirs, not employees. Now, this is hard to understand as a white American male. But read this as if you were an Asian female with no property rights and no understanding of your place in the hierarchy. This is radical. It's saying no matter what neighborhood you live in, receiving the Son of God as God, as your Lord, as your word, the King, the Christ, makes you a son of God with all of the full understanding of being part of the family. The word became flesh to meet you where you are. Verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The incarnation, God coming into full immersion in our lives is what we celebrate. It's a wonderful question I love to ask people, and that is what kind of chili do they like? Do they like vegetarian chili, which is no chili at all, or chili con carne, chili with meat? When we talk about the incarnation, we're talking about God with flesh. The great Saint Augustine said, our Lord came down from life to suffer death. The bread came down to hunger. The way came down to weariness. The fount came down to thirst. Athanasius said it this way, what he did not assume, in other words, what God did not take on, he could not redeem. Some may ask, why not manifest by some other, maybe more nobler way of living, some, some part of creation that was even more beautiful than humans? like a sun or a moon or stars or fire or air, why did God choose to become man? 
the Lord did not come to make a display, Athanasius says. He came to heal suffering men, to put himself at the disposal of the very ones who needed him. Jesus came amongst us to save us. He accommodated us, like a mother accommodates children. In our house, when our children were younger, we lived the pace of life that they lived. Our schedules were set around their needs. We went to bed earlier and got up a lot earlier. We accommodated what they need the same way that God accommodates our needs. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood with grace and truth. And the text goes on and says, For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Friends, you need to understand Christmas isn't about more religion or, or more rules. That's what religion is, after all. Religion is what we can do for God, how we can keep certain commandments so that God would be happy with us. But we break the commandments. What we want to do, we don't do. We mess things up in relationships with each other, in relationships with the planet. Grace is what we need. And grace is all about what God has done for us. You see, the truth is we live in the midst of a reality in which we need to be saved. And God keeps himself not far off and distant, but comes up close and personal, seeing our faults and loving us still. Remember what Corey Ten Boom said? If Jesus were born 1,000 times at Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling empty, captive, or lost? Know that as you admit your brokenness, you will find Jesus filling your emptiness, releasing you from captivity, moving in, and loving you more than you could ever hope for. Let us pray. Jesus, you created the world and everything in it. And in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of my brokenness, fill us with light and help us see you and know you and fall in love with you more. Amen. I love that idea that Jesus came and moved into our neighborhood. We have such a personal God. If this has touched your heart and you have questions about this personal God, use the feedback form to reach out and we will contact you to talk further. As Christians, this personal God hears and forgives. We like to take time in our service to examine our hearts and confess to Him. I wonder, are there times when your heart has been restless this week? Times when you haven't gone to God but to other people, things, or substances to meet your needs? Times when you felt like that Christmas spirit was lacking and something should have been more? We need to take a few moments to reflect on this week and confess those things and those times to God. Together, let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Almighty God, creator of all, you marvelously made us in your image, but we have corrupted ourselves and damaged your likeness by rejecting your love and hurting our neighbors. We have done wrong and neglected to do right. We are sincerely sorry and heartily repent of our sins. Cleanse us and forgive us by the sacrifice of your Son. Remake us and lead us by your Spirit, the Comforter. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose steadfast love is as great as the heavens are high above the earth, 
remove our sins from us. As far as the East is from the West, strengthen our life in this kingdom and keep us upright to the last day through Jesus Christ, our merciful High Priest. I want you to know that God loves you and meets you no matter how far away you feel today with words of welcome. Listen to these welcoming words of Jesus to all who turn to him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. These words remind us of the truth that Jesus is the one who came after us. He runs after us in his love to rescue and care for us, to move into our neighborhood. And as a result of his care, we can then care for each other. We say the peace of the Lord be always with you, and you say back and also with you. As we say the word peace, we realize that the world is greatly lacking in peace right now. We hear of bad news everywhere, including in our own homes and neighborhoods. Our hearts are heavy until we realize that we need this personal God. We can turn to this God with our needs and wants. He both hears and answers our prayers. Join me in praying together today. God, we pray that you will lead the nations of the world in the ways of peace. Guide their leaders in wisdom and truth for the safety and good of all. We pray, Lord, as we move into this new year, that this would be a year filled with peace, that supernatural peace would reign both in the nations of the world, but in our nation, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, that your peace would reign supreme and that we would seek to do peace and be people of peace to all that we meet. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Pour out on your whole church the spirit of unity and truth. May all who confess your holy name agree in the truth of your word, live in loving unity, and serve you with holy and righteous lives. I pray for each neighborhood where people live that are watching this today, that we could bring forth your truth, your light, and your life in our homes and neighborhoods, that we could be shining lights of your love, and that our neighbors and friends would want to know more about you by the way that we share your love with them. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, comfort and sustain everyone who in this fleeting life is in sorrow, need, sickness, or any other distress. Add the names and concerns of the people that you are praying for. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then together, let's pray as our Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Holy Trinity make us strong in faith and love, defend us on every side, and guide us in truth and peace. 
And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Have a blessed Christmas week resting in the love of your Savior. Angels from the realms of glory wing your flight over all the earth. Ye who sang creation's story now proclaim Messiah's birth. Shepherds in the fields abiding watching over your flocks by night. Residing yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, come and worship Christ the newborn King.
Thank you so much for joining us today. I mentioned earlier that we are a community that seeks to transform lives with the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. And as we close, I would like to share a few ways to connect into our family. If you are interested in connecting with us in any of these ways or learning more, please text HELLO CORE to 474747 and we will connect with you. Our core groups are continuing to grow and reach many different people in different ways. These groups really try to dive deep together and we would love to find the right group for you. Thank you so much for taking this time to join us and we look forward to seeing you again next week.